from T-Face God and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. Hey there everyone, I hope you all are doing awesome out there in this crazy world. I want you to welcome you, I want to welcome you guys back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. I can't even talk today, I'm so excited. Uh, this is your host Sunny here. Uh, today i like to welcome the viciously talented front woman, uh, Sandy DeLilith. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, Sandy. You know, finally seven years in the making. This is an exciting time of the year for you and defacing God with the drop of your highly anticipated debut album the resurrection of, of lilith i mean which recently uh unleashed here was it september 2nd through napalm uh two questions how are yeah. you sandy <laughs> and, and i'm two. good i'm yeah. good thank you thank you i just returned home from, from the sea so uh, yeah i'm actually pretty tired these days but uh, i'm just glad to be home and yeah now i can actually enjoy the release a little bit i i didn't even have time for that yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the excitement of like releasing a album, like debut album of all things, after what we all went through these last two years, I mean, seven years, if we're keeping track, right? Really? So it has to be really kicking in now. And I know you're tired, but I want you to take this moment, our conversation here. Ah, let's just exhale, you know? You oh, had the, yeah. you've, you've had the really chance, <laughs> chance to take all this in and, you know, celebrate. It is a successful moment in your life, you know? Have you had, have you celebrated it all? Have you had a toast? You know, like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We we had a toast. It was my birthday a few years ago, and actually, my mom came all the way from Denmark. Uh, yeah, because I come from Denmark, and uh, as I said, I live in the Netherlands. So she uh, jumped on a plane to visit me on my birthday, and we had a few bottles of wine and celebrated this release. Uh, this is the first time I actually could stand back and and actually breathe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. After, um, after this whole release, because I said I have been on sea uh, or offshore working. So, yeah, life just happened so fast uh, these last many, many weeks. So uh, now I'll just try to to enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> uh, by the way, I also want to say a uh, happy belated birthday as well. I, I know your birthday was Thank a, you. a couple <laughs> days ago. And it's really cool to have family come over. And, you know, family, you know, that's something we haven't had a chance to spend time with a lot. I, at least I know I have in the last two years just to be with them again you know um yeah, yeah. but and at the same time you know this album i, I do want to commend you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far i mean this album top to bottom i mean it, i don't want to say like it's an absolute shocker but it felt like a breath of fresh air in the symphonic black metal genre like i, I know this is just your debut i can't wait to see what the next one brings i mean there's just a lot to unravel about this release but here's the thing before we get to all that and beyond, I, I, I want to take a moment here. You are originally from Denmark, correct? Yes. Um, and for fans and listeners who don't already know, uh, Sandy, I want to go back to 2015, maybe even before that. I don't know how many times you get a chance to talk about this, but no. that was a significant time for you and drummer Michael Olson because that entailed the formation of Defacing God. You know, seven years ago, it, it feels like feels like everything went by in a flash, but if you could just briefly talk about that moment in your life when you knew that this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, as I said, I, I formed Defacing God in 2015, but I have always known, you know, that I would 
I, I, I would do something like this one day because I always adored or loved to, to be on stage, to perform and to sing. And yeah, in the ancient days, I was a choir singer, but it was really never enough for me. So, and I have always been, been attracted to, you know, death metal and uh, metal in general. So I just knew one day I also have to stand on stage like that. So I just made it happen so to say <laughs> and we have been really lucky uh, to to work with these people that we have been working together with uh, I mean without them we couldn't make all this happen you know so I'm just I'm just really grateful uh, but it's it has been a quite quite unreal uh, because everything just went so fast within the last year especially uh, when we signed with Napalm Records and all these things so yeah, right now I'm just looking forward to see what the future brings. Uh, we're working with some really solid guys um, on this whole setup, so I'm sure that the future has a lot to, has a lot for me. <laughs> I wonder when did you know that you had this vocal talent to sing the way you do? Because I want people to realize that's not an easy thing to do. Because goodness gracious, great balls of fire, Sandy. Because this this album, how did you? I gotta ask, how did you how did you develop this vocal talent to to do this? Because it's it's fucking amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, as said, I've been a choir singer for many years, so I already had the, all the the singing techniques, uh, so to say. But mm -hmm. uh, and because I have always loved uh, the genre of music, I have of course always. Um, also dig this um, this way of singing, you know, the growling or the screaming or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but back then, 15 years ago, when I started or wanted to start, I had no idea that women could also do this uh, kind of vocal style because it feels quite unnatural for a woman, I guess, to have such a deep voice or whatever, you know. But uh, I just always had this fire burning inside me. And I'm also a little bit aggressive by nature, so to say. <laughs> so uh, it just feels natural for me to to stand there and yell people right in their face. <laughs> I don't know. Hell yeah. That's, that's yeah, so, I love that answer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I started to, to practice it, uh, as I said, around 15 years ago, maybe, I don't know, 14 years, maybe. Um, and yeah, and of course, it, it took quite some years to get a grip on it because in the beginning, uh, it's it's a little bit like a running, you know, you also don't just start out with running and then run a marathon, you really have to train it and to build up some stamina yeah. to actually keep up with it. So it has taken a lot of years of practice. And yeah, and I mean, I would say, yes, of course, everyone can learn a singing technique or attend some classes and then learn how to use your voice properly. But I would also say that, that I, I really, I don't actually believe in this over technical, you know, like fry screaming and all these modern trendy, whatever you want to label it. Uh, I actually believe in that you need to also have it in you to be authentic. You know, you really, you also need to have this aggressive part in you. For me, it's not about, being over technical of course you, you should take care of your voice and you should use your brain while doing this because you can damage yourself if you don't do it right but i really believe uh, in screams that comes from the depths of my yeah fucking belly so to say or all the way from my toes uh, so when i go on stage and i start screaming for example or for a rehearsal i i go into this state of mind you know to 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 get really aggressive so I really feel this um and for me that way it just becomes more authentic um so yeah I mean 
I guess everyone could learn it, but not everyone can learn to be authentic, so to say. <laughs> what about your personal influences? Anything you were listening to at that time when you just when you made this happen within you, you know, when you found your when you talk about that fire burning within you, right? And you I heard it on this album, which we'll get to, but your personal influences, music related or not. I I want to I want to know about that. Yeah, um when I really I mean, then we have to go even more back in time to to actually find that because I grew up <laughs> yeah I I grew up with rock and heavy metal so to say but that was more like bands like uh, Judas Priest uh, Metallica you know all the good old ones um but I think I was around the age of 11 or something I just discovered YouTube uh, back then and I remember asking my mom if she knew something even more aggressive you know because I liked this music so much so I wondered if there was something else to it so uh, she introduced me to Sepultura, actually, because that was a band uh, that my father was a big fan of. Uh, and when I discovered them, a whole new world opened up to me because I was like, shit, this is, uh, this is really something for me, you know. And then I started to discover more bands like Cannibal Corpse, uh, Morbid Angel. I, of course, also discovered Arch Enemy because I think Arch Enemy was one of the only bands back then who actually had a woman in front uh, with this singing style, so to say. Um, and I remember when I, when I just, I think I maybe would have been around 13 or 14 year or something like that. I thought, okay, if this woman can do it, I sure as hell can do it too, you know? So, and yeah. there I really started to practice, um, because I saw, Hmm, this is actually possible. So yeah, that, that's a little bit how it went. Uh, and then through the years, I just developed my, my own style, you know, uh, because I'm a little bit more into, into darkness, so to say, like uh, black and the occult and all this. So, so yeah, this is uh, kind of how the whole thing uh, began. <laughs> and you know why I ask about that? I mean, it's, it, I mean, one is because I'm always intrigued as to, you know, what are the personal influences that feed into the creativity of somebody making their music? I come from a music family, Sandy, so I... All my, all my, you know, my parents, my siblings are all musicians. I love asking about that. And yeah. the YouTube comments, I don't know if you're someone like me. I obviously I'm a journalist. I do that. But as a music artist, when you go there, are you seeing it? Because people are saying like they're uh, complimenting your voice. Like they've never heard anything like it before. It was such a refreshing sound. And some people have been following your work over the years. It's, it's really cool. I'm so glad that you guys are finally getting this music out in the open. And of course it's just it's a great thing to see when when an artist says they're going to do something and they they stick to the path for mm. all those years. It's easy to you know you could you could have called it quits after a few years, you know, delaying yeah, exactly. it over and over, but you stuck to the script. And not only that, you're you're insanely talented. And of course, your other musicians, you know, Signar, Christian, Michael, Rasmus. I mean, uh, there you guys had chemistry on this album, and I feel like I don't know if you guys had a live gig yet, but. I feel like the thing that makes defacing God also defacing God is the live presence that you guys would be on stage. I feel like you guys would have that. I can just sense the fog, like on the stage, it's building. You <laughs> you come you somehow come up from the depths, and you know I you do. see what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: I went to film school, Sandy, for three years. So when it comes to like cinematography and all that, I'm already like thinking about the shots and like how are you guys going to be even your music videos. It even shows that. I want to translate into into this because, you know, the live music experience for you personally, as an artist or a fan, it doesn't matter. If mm -hmm. you were to ask me this question two years ago, I know I would have a different answer. So let me ask you, would you say that you have a newfound appreciation of the live music experience now 
considering what's happened in this last two years, because this is something it's an important topic because it was something that was taken away from us. You know, we didn't know what things were going to be like. You didn't know what things were going to be like as far as the album release, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I know I would have a newfound appreciation. I mean, I'm going to shows a lot now as much as I can because yeah. I didn't know what to do after like a month in the pandemic. It was nice to catch up on things, you know, that you would normally not do. But after a month, it's like, OK, I got to find a way to be creative. Like, was it was it hard for you and, and your band, you know, staying at home all this time, you know, because you didn't really get a chance to go out there and see the live music the way we do, because we love metal because of the live music experience. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would say, yeah, the whole pandemic time was really hard on all of us, I think, but especially as a musician and as an artist, because you you somehow felt that the future was kind of unstable, you know, because you yeah. never knew, okay, when when will we be able to actually get out there again? I mean, there was there were pluses and minuses to to this because it, it gave us the freedom to actually experiment a lot. And we did that on this album, for example. Uh, in this pandemic was the time where I uh, decided to to work uh, with these orchestral parts, you know, uh, the, the symphonic parts on the music, because that was actually not really a thing or a part of Defacing God in the beginning. So this pandemic time gave me the time to to be a little bit more creative and, and to put an extra dimension to it, so to say. But in the middle of that work, you sometimes also got quite uh, kind of frustrated because you you didn't really know, okay, but when will we actually be able to get out there? Mm-hmm. Will this ever be normal again, so to say? So even though it was leaned back because we had the time, it was also stressful because you didn't know what, what the future were holding for you, so to say. So, uh, but yeah, right now I'm just happy that we are over it and, and that we can go out there and play live again because that is the biggest part of being a musician to actually be able to go out and perform uh, and uh, show your music to, to the, to the world that way, you know, I mean, one, one thing is to record an album and release an album, but it doesn't mean a fuck almost if you don't have the opportunity to actually support it with tours and and shows afterwards. So um, hopefully 2023 will be a much better year for music uh, than the previous two years. Somehow we age two years. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, really I think, unfair. I, I, I always <laughs> think about like the last year, you know, and uh, it was my brother's birthday yesterday and uh, he's 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 39 and he's like telling me, man, I'm in my last year of my 30s. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You were just 37. <laughs> you know, it's it's weird. Like, and, you know, it's when I think about last year, I think of 2019. I'm still kind of mentally stuck on that almost. You know, it's it's. Yeah. It's not something that's scripted, Sandy, you know, there's no protocol for a pandemic. It's like, hey, we got to release an album. We got to do this, 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 and this, this, this. It's not mm. like that, you know, and it's a, it's a, a lot of bands have had to delay a lot of things, but, and people like you, you've stuck to the script and I really appreciate that, you know, so I thank you for sharing that. And the irony is, the irony is you met your Sepultura, right? The yes. last, the last interview I did before the pandemic started, March 11th of 2020. It was with Max Cavalera. I'm sitting. Ah. With, I'm sitting with Max in his bus, and awesome. then we and then we get the we actually have our phones and we get the update. The CDC has declared a pandemic, and we're just like, well, that was it. And then Max, Max is like, well, I'm just gonna play the music that I love playing, and he went out there and, and did his thing. 
but oh it's, my god it's so awesome. crazy yeah and uh max obviously max was so hilarious uh, such a great guy but it's, yeah i can it's, imagine <laughs> but it's nice to see like obviously you know technically we're still in the pandemic we're all, but we're on the other side of it you know knock mm. on wood but um you know it, it's also interesting because i feel like live music is at a point of saturation because everyone now is touring at the same time. Yeah, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you're saying that because I I have friends who are telling me, man, Sonny, I can't, I can't go to these shows, you know, because there's, you know, Slipknot is in town, but then also, you know, my chemical romance is also in town, you know, something like yeah. that. Cause everyone's touring. Yeah, I have been a time. mess actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so this past weekend I'll share before we move on here. I, I was in Chicago for riot fest and it was oh. insane. One of the, I can't imagine like the amount of people at this festival. It's amazing to me that, that that's something that I'm seeing. If you were to ask me like a year ago, I wouldn't imagine that, but it was, it felt like we're, we're back in the swing of things. But anyway, I feel like we can talk about the live music experience forever, but it's, yeah. it's, it's an important topic. Uh, mm-hmm. Now before I feel like before the interview started, I, I want to ask about this and uh, Natalie, shout out to Natalie from Napalm. She told me you work on a ship. Uh, yes, uh, tell right. me tell me about that what's that like i can't swim for the life of me sandy <laughs> so uh not that i have a fear of like the sea or anything but like what's what's working on a ship like because it's been mm-hmm. you worked on there for like weeks i feel like because we had technically had the interview scheduled but yeah you know that's <laughs> uh, that's correct i, I work on a ship uh, as a stewardess but actually even though i work as a stewardess i do quite a lot of different things uh, on the ship and uh, how it's like it's uh it's not cracking. I mean, it's fucking hard work. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. It requires some mental strength and it also requires a huge pair of balls, I would say, because I mean, I'm I'm offshore for 14 days every month and you live closely to your co-workers and you live in a small cabin and uh, sometimes you don't even get to see the light of day because, yeah, you are up early where the sun is not even up yet and uh, then you go, just go straight to work and there's not windows everywhere, so to say, on a ship. So, um, yeah, and then I have, because I work 14 days in a row and then I'm off the ship for 14 days in a row that means that i have 14 days off every month which is good for the music um mm-hmm. but when you're there it's just straight up work and you don't get a break i mean you get up very early in the morning and then it's like 12 hour shifts every day for 14 days and it's physical hard uh, i think uh, my last day this time i walked around 40,000 steps uh, like uh, 21 oh kilometers <laughs> and that is every day uh, you use your body like that so it really requires some strength both mentally but also physically um it's great it's uh, it's an experience it's uh, something else than just working a normal 9 to 5 job so there's a lot of pluses to it but it is really hard work and i work for my money <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, thank you for sharing that. You know, it's not an easy easy thing to do. I wanted to ask about that, but hey, let's use this interview. It's just this conversation. Just digress. You know, you're you're not there. You're here. We're talking about the music. You know, next thing you got to do before you get out, just just do me a favor. Get a pirate hat. Just go out there. And make it. Fun. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, staying busy during the pandemic was also an important thing. You know, and uh, were you also working? You know, I don't know if it, it, that also was kind of an obstacle for you because you know going on the road also it was taken away but working was that also you know on on the ship during the pandemic how was that like that was there a shutdown i mean um, how was you know i'm sure that had to that had to also be an I mean, obstacle for you 
Yeah, uh, I, w- I have been working on a ship for like a year now, but before okay, that... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, be- before that I worked uh, as an insurance um, advisor or insurance agent, uh, so to say. So I was like selling uh, insurance and I guided people uh, in, you know, house insurance, car insurance, stuff like that. Actually, in one of uh, Scandinavia's uh, biggest insurance companies, Um and I was very happy about that job as well because I was kind of self-employed because I scheduled my my own um, calendar, so to say. But it just required so much of my time. And mm. that was the kind of job where I really needed to be 110% in it, you know. And it was just not possible for me with the music as well because my life is about music and I want to put my head in creativity and I didn't feel a room to breathe in that. So uh, that's why I stopped that. And then I got the opportunity or the offer to work offshore instead. And of course it also requires some time and uh, it requires that I'm there, but at least I still have, you know, these 14 days off. So I actually don't know how it was uh, during the pandemic. I think they, they didn't sail uh, through the first lockdown. So everyone was mm-hmm. just sent home. Right. And, uh, but with, with a full salary still. So that was good for them, so to say, but by, uh, I, I haven't been affected by it uh, since I've only worked there for a year. Um, I just know, you know, we had to work with masks on and stuff like that. That was a pain in the ass, but yeah, at least I I could still work, so to say. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. It's it's uh, you know, staying busy was is definitely an important thing, right? I was like like to ask about that different parts that involve your creativity into making music. You made a great decision, you know. I feel like yeah, I feel like you did that. You know, it's not an yeah, easy thing to do, but uh. I feel like we talked about everything except the album. Let's talk about the album. Let's talk about Let's Resurrection of Lilith. <laughs> this dropped it. this dropped on September 2nd. Now, on Napalm Records, here's the thing. Napalm Records, uh, briefly mentioned, you recently signed to them in 2021, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. This makes you label mates alongside bands like Ginger, Moonspell, Ruskaya, Warbringer. I mean, uh, Sandy, what's the feeling like kicking off this first chapter of, of the band with a revered label like Napalm? That is uh, that was pretty surrealistic for me, and uh, I, I couldn't quite get it when it actually happened. I was like, "Whoa!" I had to slap myself <laughs> times, and I was like, "Shit, this is really not an opportunity that that everyone gets." So I just grabbed it, you know. And I was, I'm still eternal grateful for it because I said it's not everyone who gets uh, this opportunity. I mean, we are a thousand bands out there, and new bands pops up almost every day, you know. So I really felt grateful that this opportunity came to me. So uh, I tend not to waste uh, this opportunity. So that's why this is just the beginning. Yeah, Uh, I have so much more to come. And yeah, I mean, they have been such a great label to work with. Uh, They are really, you know, uh, professional and uh, they're really dedicated to what they're doing. But not only them, I also work with the amazing management, you know, and who have the the band's intre- interest uh, as their highest, so so to say. So uh, I don't see anything can go really wrong here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I was just lucky enough to meet the right people to work with. And this is something I have to remind myself every day that I have to be grateful for because it's not everyone who gets this uh, op- opportunity, so to say. So, yeah, um, yeah. I am grateful. I, ho- I hope you hope everyone heard that. I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> yeah. And a uh, shout out to Napalm and the management team over there. And uh, you, you're definitely in good hands, Sandy. Uh, now I want to repeat this here, you know, debut album as we get into this 
darkness of this magnificent record. I mean, this was seven years in the making. I feel like the monkey is like finally off your back, having this being delayed like repeatedly. You know, I mentioned that this was a refreshing take on, you know, the melodic death metal, uh, you know, symphonic death metal. Like I missed this, you know, it, it was like I'm hearing bands like, you know, mention Arch Enemy, even Demu, even the Black Dahlia murder for the first time again, you know, and let me let me rephrase that. It's it's a good feeling. You know, it's like I'm hearing that again, that feeling I got. But with a twist of everything that you are. But here here you are, Sandy, you know, the label signing, the debut album, the first chapter of the band, like I mentioned. I I I think about the pressures and challenges of dropping a debut album. You know, I know we mentioned de- delayed a few times. I don't mean it's like a broke, I don't mean it's like a like a broken record or anything, but it's important to mention that because you've been at it for over seven years. Did you feel pressure at all, Sandy? Did, did that ever seep into your head when writing a debut album, like not knowing what the reception was going to be like? Obviously, it's great. But, you know, in hindsight, I wonder about that. Yeah, if it was a pressure, I mean, of course, I think everyone who has a human side to them, so to say, would feel pressured <laughs> of that that their work is finally going to be exposed to the world you know because when you expose your work like that you are also somehow not vulnerable i would not say that but i mean everyone can just look at you and come at you as they want so to say so but when when it comes to to the work itself i mean i didn't feel pressured in that because i do this for me i i do this because i love it you know so the opportunity to actually get it out there in the world is just a big plus, you know, and I am eternal grateful for, for the people who support us. I mean, I couldn't do it without them or yes, I could, but that would be a pretty lonely road. So to say, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I do this for me and I'm eternal grateful for, for the people who support us. But if there's someone out there who doesn't like what I do, I mean, it's their problem. It's not mine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, when it comes to that, if it's like a pressure, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, of course, you, you, you feel pressured because, you know, now you actually have something to live up to. But but that's also a good thing. You know, this keeps you active in life and uh, it makes sense for me to to work on art like like this. And I couldn't see myself doing anything else in life. So. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm again, I, I'm, I'm just happy that that this is possible. <laughs> I feel like if someone didn't have pressure, you wouldn't have the dedication to your craft. If that makes sense, you know, like you, you want pressure is a good thing. You mentioned it. It's that means you care about what you want to do. You want to keep improving. That's, that's a good thing. I feel like if you, if I, I feel like, if, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you didn't have pressure, I feel like life would be boring. You know, you got to make it exciting, you know? And yeah, exactly. It, yeah. You need a little bit of obstacles here in life or else you'll never grow. I mean, life happens outside the comfort zone. <laughs> Yeah. And I want to applaud each of you here, uh, you and your bandmates, because I mentioned the other bands, right? I mentioned Symphonic Death Metal. You know, I mentioned, you know, Black Dahlia Murder. I mentioned Arch Enemy. You know, I'll even throw Karak on Grand and Cradle of Filth. We've had the chance to have both of those bands on our publication, you know, and I know this album, I can sense the inspiration by these rich and dark, like Scandinavian metal traditions. I mean, from... uh, Sandy, you may want to like drink some coffee here because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk here because I got to get this out. I'm I'm gonna uh, turn my mind apart if I don't say it because songs like Black Moon, that instrumental track, the the three part invocation song that you had right after that, Echoes from Fulda, uh, in the land of 
Rain and Sorrow. Okay, that song may be my favorite, now that I'm thinking about it, In the Land of Rain and Sorrow. <laughs> That's toward the end of the album. You set the bar pretty high here, <laughs> Sandy. I mean, there's no time to catch your breath <laughs> in this album as I was listening to it. I was listening to this album, right? I, I was so drawn and and pulled into the darkest depths of your imagination. I wanted to like just turn off all the lights in my house, go steal some of my mom's candles and I like them, you know? <laughs> Obviously, my dog probably wouldn't like it, but you know, I was in that, like, I was in that mind state. It was atmospheric. It was emotional. You mentioned the fire burning inside you. That's what I was, was going to mention. It was emotional. It really was. It was cinematic. <laughs> it was, it was haunting. You know how you, um, when you watch a movie, you go, you go back to it and, and you listen to it and not listen to it. Say, I'm thinking about the music, but when you watch a movie over and over, you, you catch something you missed the first time around. I exactly. had that. I had that with this album. Uh, you know, walk me through this. How much did things change, Sandy, from when you first started composing on Resurrection of Lilith to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Or, you know, did you have a specific sound from day one? I guess I should just finish up my coffee at this point. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I would say uh, we started out, I mean, we have always played this melodic death metal, very Swedish inspired, because that is what my guitarist is, has always been inspired from. I mean, he played the guitar since uh, 1989. That's quite some years now. Um, and he started around that time where this melodic of the Swedish, the Gothenburg uh, metal, you know, was on, on, on its peak or when it started or whatever. Yeah. Man, that was so, like early in the day. That, that was like right, right when it started. I yeah, love that because you guys are pulling in from the roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he has always been inspired by this style, you know, so it is a part of his style. So since day one, we have played this melodic death metal. But because we are so different in the band, we have very different taste and, and style uh, personally. Um, we wanted, you know, to 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 connect it somehow, to to mix it up, to make it a little bit more unique, you know, because I know melodic death metal has been played a thousand of times, thrash, black, whatever, all the yep. genres out there. I mean, there is the genres there is out there, but I I just wanted to to make it personal, so to say, because that is always possible. It's always possible to be creative and put your own touch to it. Um, so we started out back in the days we're playing the melodic death metal, but uh, me and the drummer, Michael, we uh, experimented a lot with, with these organic choir parts that, that we recorded uh, ourselves. We, we made all this, or I wouldn't call them symphonic parts, more these atmospheric parts. We recorded that ourselves back in the days. Uh, but we always wanted, you know, to add this extra dimension to the music because as you also mentioned, uh, these symphonic parts are mostly seen in this modern black metal. Um, it's mm -hmm. not so often used in, in the melodic death metal scene. So I was like, why is it that, that we don't start to experiment a little bit? Because, I mean, we set the rules here. It's our band. We can do whatever we want. Um, so, yeah, as I said, it started out as melodic death metal. But during the years, we just developed more to it you know and we we allowed ourselves to to just be uh, more creative and we, we wanted to to put more atmosphere to it because the lyrics because i am the lyric writer i write all the lyrics i'm the storyteller so the lyrics are very important for me and i am very visual when i write the lyrics and i want to to plant you know a picture in people's head when they read my, my lyrics i want them to feel that they are there so to say so that is why it was important for me to 
to to create some music that would support that, so to say, because you know, if you watch a movie without soundtracks, it's not the same, right? <laughs> you need oh the, the soundtrack to so- to set the mood, so to say. So that is why I was like, hmm. Let's do this. I mean, and I also wanted when people listen listening to our music that that they have you know to listen to it again to to check out these extra details you know. So because I, for example, appreciate a lot if I hear a piece of music um, that I can sit you know and really uh, live myself into it and really listen. Hmm, okay, that is a really nice detail there you know. So I just wanted to add this so, so that the listener gets a little bit more challenged, so to say. I feel like you proved something for me because I would always I would always say something and I'm going to use this interview as an example. My my friends, you know, who were film buffs, um, I always said the soundtrack was the heartbeat of, of films. You exactly. kind of proved, you kind of proved my point right there. I think you're the only person who actually kind of proved my point. You're the only one who yeah. actually agrees with me. And it's it really is. It really takes things. I don't It's like you mentioned, you watch a scene, right? You, you know, uh, I could also even put it to watching one of your music videos. It's different mm. as if I'm just watching it, but when you add that soundtrack to it, it really adds a layer so much more emotions. You know, yeah, it, there's a layer to it that's just it's unmatched, and you guys are doing that within your music. If anyone hasn't seen their music videos, please go do that because it's a thing of beauty. Um, I also want to uh, commend Lars Vinter. Uh, who yes. did a lot of the orchestration. Talk about him for a second, because I feel like he helped. You know, There's that sense of comfortability for you, uh, Sandy, that you had someone like Lars arranging yes. that part of the album with you, right? Yes. I mean, Lars, he's an amazing guy, and he's and he's a very good friend of ours. And uh, he came in like, it's like around two years ago now, maybe, because as I said, the drummer, Michael and I, we started out by making these tracks by ourselves, but it is really a lot of work and you can just not get the same um, atmosphere like like when you use the keyboards, so to say. Yeah. And uh, so we actually decided, okay, I will be in charge of the lyrics as I have always been and the singing and all the visuals, so to say, that is my part in the band. And Michael, he's the one composing the drums and and all this. So we wanted to add an extra guy, so to say, to the band. I mean, Lars, he's not a part of the band like that, but I see him more as a a session member, so to say, because we create uh, the songs from scratch. And then Lars, he comes in as this extra spice so to say i mean we when we use these symphonic parts because and i probably get roasted by saying this but personally i think some bands tend to overuse the symphonic parts a little bit and they tend to drown the guitar a lot and for me the guitar is still one of the most important instruments uh, when it comes to metal i mean so I didn't want to overuse it. I, I wanted to really find this fine balance between the symphonic parts and the guitars without drowning anything, you know. And I think Lars, he really gets that, you know. I mean, we recreate a song from, from, from scratch and then we build it up and we somehow leave a little bit room to this extra uh, part of uh, symphonics, you know, to, to add this extra dimension. And Lars, he really knows how to to add this part to it without drowning anything so to say um and that is 
it is really a, a hard line to find because when you are in the middle of, of the songwriting, you you just get so excited, you know, and you just want more and more and more to it. So it's actually really hard to find this uh, this this fine balance uh, between the symphonic parts and the guitars, so to say. But but I really think that we achieved it, and that is also thanks to Lars that uh, that we actually did that. Yeah, it, it sounds like having that extra member. I, I always hear this term, the sixth member of the band, right? People say that a lot, or, f- or fifth member, because yeah. you you have someone on the outside coming in and taking care of that, so that that way you don't have to be convoluted with all the pressures of okay, got to get all this, got to this, this, and but Lars took care of that, you know, because the orchestration it's not an easy thing to do. You could e- easily plug it in there. I'm talking really fast because I'm really excited because. <laughs> 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 so I, I play the violin, Sandy. So I I could really relate to when it comes to the or- orchestral orchestral arrangements. Isn't that cool? How symphonic and like metal like they come together. It's it's like it's both very thing? epic, what's you know. The, so why not? The, uh, uh, I'm just gonna like spaghetti and meatballs. You know, that's like something like that. You know, that <laughs> yeah. that's that's what it feels like. Uh, so yeah. shout out shout out to Lars. Now I I, I want to get to the lyrical uh, uh, process here in a second, but the sound itself. Excuse me. The sound itself, Sandy, was a big part of this record that I really loved. I mean, let alone a technically a black metal record for the most part, because that's not an easy thing to accomplish. I'm an audiophile these days, Sandy. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. Jacob Hansen, I mean, he's known for his work with Flesh God, uh, Volbeat, Evergrey, Epic. And we've had those bands on our show. And it's the same thing I hear from them. Jacob was a mastermind because, you know, I mean, having someone like him, I feel like it really kind of just rounded out the sound that you wanted. Right. Because it's one thing to write everything on paper, but then translating into the audio aspect of things. I feel like it was there was that sense of relief. It's like, okay, I have I have Jacob here. Jacob. (laughs) He's getting my sound out there, you know. Um, But yeah, whatever you want to say about Jacob, because I feel like it's. It's just another, you know, round of applause for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacob, he is one of the best, if you ask me, when it comes to this massive sound production. And that is why there were absolutely no doubt about that it had to be him who who should be our producer on this one. Because exactly, we work with so many different kind of things. You know, we have the symphonic parts, we have the vocals. Uh, and I really want the vocals uh, to be very clear, you know, because it, it can already be a little bit hard for people uh, to hear what people are singing when they growl or scream like that. So that yeah. was also important for me that the vocals were very clear. Um, and I also wanted the guitars to be very crunchy and very clear in the whole uh, in the whole sound uh, um, picture, so to say. Um, and I really think Lars... Oh, sorry, Lars, not Lars. <laughs> shout out to Lars. See, we, we've, we've had so many Lars. shout outs. On, we've had, <laughs> we've had so both... many shout outs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both awesome. Uh, Lars and Jacob, awesome people, awesome human beings. But yeah, Jacob, he really knows how to create a massive sound. He really knows how to to work with bands, so to say. He's such an easygoing guy. He knows what he's doing. And he's just, yeah, amazing to work with uh, because he's very creative and, and he's he's in for forever everything yeah. uh, basically as long as, as as it's cool you know and um yeah he really he really knows how to to make the whole sound picture very clear so to say he made the guitars very clear my vocals stand very uh, stand out very clearly and uh, the symphonic parts it's it's really bombastic somehow but yeah um 
he really he really knows his shit, so to say. Yeah. So uh, he well, deserves all the praise that that he can that he can get. What's the thing we're saying a lot in this interview is balance, right? That's the key word, balance. And exactly, he was yeah. he exactly. was there doing that, you know, between writing and structuring the song, Sandy, and then the production process, like we just talked about. Keep all this in mind as I'm asking you this, because the lyricism throughout this album, right? Um, now, I always get excited when I talk about this, because, again, coming from a film buff, it's these things really stick to me. The main, you know, the lyrical inspirations come from uh, also you know, the modern societal oppressions and the, and personal demons, you know, but it also tells a story. You're a storyteller. Um, yeah. I write stories. So I, I it's just I connected on that. It, that's rooted in the. The, the occult and witchcraft you know we're also approaching halloween so this is perfect um that of which talks about you know the mysterious uh a female demon lilith and her tales of intense uh defiance and and perseverance and i want to mention the those three-part invocation songs you know lilith jezebel and abizu i feel mm-hmm. like those are her sisters as well um and yes. then your music videos alone kind of just attain to that i begin to think of you know, the tangibles or the intangibles of a theme or a message to your music? Like how important are, are themes to you, Sandy? Is that a big component of songwriting for a band like Defacing God? Yeah, I mean, it is really important because as said, I, I have always loved to write stories. You know, I have always been, my, my, my imagination since I was a child has been very big. I even got exposed or expelled from school a few days at once because I wrote a way too gory story for a, a girl in fourth grade. <laughs> you know, I have always wow. uh, liked to write stories. Um, but I also like to, to add some reality to it, you know, like uh, to add some history uh, because I really like to find the connections in everything mm-hmm. because everything you see and everything you hear, you can always connect it somehow. Everything is rooted. So if I get an idea about a story that I want to write about, I, I start to search inspiration out there. And this mm-hmm. album is pretty much inspired by, of course, the things that is going on in society nowadays, but mostly what happens in ancient days uh, or, or happened in ancient days, like the witch trials, for example. Uh, and because I, I used uh, my whole stage uh, persona is uh, is Lilith, the witch, so to say. And the, the story I'm inspired from there is is this biblical or, or uh, Christian story about Lilith that she is supposed to be Adam's first wife created even before Eve. Um, but because she was a very strong character, she was very independent. She didn't want to obey Adam as, it, as she was supposed to, um, according yeah. to the story. Uh, she left the Garden of Eden and uh, she didn't want to come back because she wanted to be herself. Um, and she was threatened and she was hunted down to actually come back and just uh, do what she was told. But she refused, you know. And that story always in- inspired me because I could recognize myself in that. And I'm sure many other metal women out there can also recognize themselves in, in that story uh, in one way or another. Uh, so in my real life, she is like a philosophy to me. I mean, she is the strong force within me who keeps me strong and keep pushing me forward, so to say. So I thought it would be interesting to use her in Defacing God as my stage persona, because there are so many stories about her and she is the ultimate face of female power, so to say. So this whole album is inspired by especially the witch trials or the witch hunt uh, back in Europe, especially um and uh, because of all these things that happened that time, 
I like to find the connection to the present time, you know. So I, I try to take a little bit from ancient times and also things that is going on now and just connect them to actually send out a message that even though humanity developed, we are there in many aspects or in many departments, we are still not any smarter <laughs> than mm-hmm. back then, you know. And yeah. that is a message that I'm not done talking about, you know. And this whole album is seen from Lilith's point of view because I'm a woman myself. I can only speak for women. Um, so, yeah, I like to add my own imagination. I like to take uh, some some history parts and I like to talk about what is going on right now and just connect the whole thing. So, yeah, there's really a, a lot to it. And you probably can also hear that on the album, that even though something is going on now, it is mostly drawn back to to, to ancient times. But, um, yeah, the, there's just so much for, for, for me to talk about. So And this is my way to, to express it. Um, I have many things that, that I like to be active in. Like, uh, I like to... You know, to to set Lilith up like she she's like like a voice for for all her fellow sisters who never got any, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, making music and and using this whole um, cinematic part, so to say, is is my way of expressing my feelings on all this. It's a way for me to let off some steam. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Lilith is also an extension of who you are, Sandy. You know, you know, and. Uh illustrating you know, portraying the music in a visual presentation when you exactly. guys are up there you know and I, I i appreciate i love that you do that i want you to keep doing that isn't it crazy we're talking about yeah. something that happened hundreds of years ago and it's still relevant that it is exactly. that's that's what's so you know it, it it it's frustrating at the same time but you know the fact that you're the people like you are still you know, you're doing the right thing and getting the message out there. It it needs to be talked about, you know, especially at a time like today. Yeah, especially yeah, at a time I like mean, today. And that was also the whole idea about you know connecting these three female demons like Abuso and uh, and Jezebel with Lilith, you know, to send out this message that we are actually stronger when we stand together. Um, the Trinity. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is like a, a trinity and they join forces and together they will bring this message out because even though that many of these things happened in ancient days, if you just open your eyes and go out in the world and look around, there's still so many places around the world where especially women are still oppressed, you know, and uh, yes, it's just not a thing that should be going on anymore. I mean, we're all independent and we should all, all people, no matter what gender you are man woman whatever in between you know you should always have the right to be free and uh, that is also a very important message for me to to send out that there's still not equality out there you know so and that is a theme that burns so much in my heart and the the only way i can get it out is to express myself through the music so to say yeah and i love that you do that and i i really hope that the message gets sent across and i i definitely got that message you know it's you know it's, <laughs> we got to keep talking about it you know it's that's that's what the best part is you know sandy from you know the different experiences and, and perspectives in, in your timeline you have taken in which we've discussed about so far uh by the way thank you so much for sharing this this was this was a great i know we're nearing an hour i didn't realize we didn't <laughs> we didn't have we, we definitely i have to bring you back on here at some point you know maybe we yeah. can do an interview here in dallas when you guys do come here but you know yeah, performing please. for yeah when you're performing for as long as you have and and the people you have met and worked with during this debut record uh, an amazing debut record i, I love this record so much 
Thank you. You know, th- this pandemic, the music, the growing fan base. And yes, you have a growing fan base. C- keep an eye out for that. Your relationship <laughs> with your bandmates. And it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with not only defacing God's artistic vision, but yours. I can't wait to see where you go from here. Yes, I'm a journalist. I get that. But I'm also a new fan of yours. You know, I, I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep a close eye on you guys. Thank it's you. Like very, a, very appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate you. And it's almost like a proud moment because you're doing exactly what you set out to do from the start. And now you're seeing results. So I can't, I want to round it out to this question here as we finish things off. Sandy, have your aspirations as an artist or hell as a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Mm, that depends on in which aspect you you mean uh, because i think of course I, I changed since since the day i started i mean we all grow older i i guess <laughs> so yeah. yeah i think and i think you know life is all about learning and you learn new things every day so you cannot go through life without changing uh, and i think it's also very important to or may, maybe not change but develop so to say um, so I am, of course, not the same person as I was seven years ago. Or yes, I am the same person, but in in a in a new version, so to say. Mm-hmm. I still have my my ground values, uh, but I just I I really just like to grow. You know, I I just like to learn new things uh, and evolve. You know, my whole style, and uh, this is what makes my life. Uh, making sense so so to say and i feel that this is my purpose in life i mean we're just all here to to survive until we die right so uh, yeah. it is really important to to actually find purpose in life and and i feel that this is my purpose i mean if i can just inspire one person out there to to be strong and just chase their dreams whatever it takes you know and and never be afraid of of what society says uh, about their choices i mean then my life makes sense. I mean, I, I really feel that, that that is my purpose in life. I mean, in in the beginning, you, of course, have a vision. And back then, my vision was just to get on stage and play because I loved it. Now, that is still my vision. But I really also want to inspire people out there because I know where I come from. I grew up in a pretty rough environment, you know, and I just learned through my life that there's really nothing there is impossible to do. If you really want it and if you really just, you know, close your eyes and stand up for yourself and just keep going forward, you know, then nothing is impossible. And if I can inspire just one person uh, who maybe feel lost or whatever to do the same thing for them because they are worth it. Yeah, then then my life yeah. is really complete. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you're talking about like impacting one person. You, you've definitely impact, impacted me. I mean, listen to the things that I just said, you know, everything. It's, <laughs> it's and, and I can't wait to, I keep saying it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I want people to know about you guys. And you guys are in good hands with Napalm. You guys are going to keep growing from here. This is your debut record, Sandy. You know, you guys are going to, you know, it's, it's only up from here. And nothing but well wishes for you and your bandmates from here on out. You know, much Thank love you. to everything that you do. Um, now, before I let you go, we're gonna do that surprise. You were waiting for that, weren't you? Yeah, sure. I actually <laughs> so, <forgot>. no. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be a quick. It's gonna be like about a minute long. I'm gonna do something called. We've been serious. Let's tone things down here, huh? Uh, yes. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna. This is gonna be fun. So I'm gonna do something called the lightning round. Lightning round. 
I'm gonna go down the list. You just yeah. have to think quick on your feet. I'm gonna ask you a question. You have to pick one or the other. All right. Okay. So, so some of them are very simple. Some of them are just downright silly, but that's the best part. All right. So. Okay. <laughs> You still you look nervous. <laughs> I no, am. You're fine. I no, you're, you're fine. It's it's trust me. You're gonna love this. All right. So I'm gonna start this off here. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna. Okay. What's the capital of Denmark? Copenhagen. Okay, that was a test question. Let's move on. Green or blue? What? Green or blue? Uh, I say green. Vegan or meat? Well, that's hard because I'm actually mostly I'm vegetarian. So <laughs> same here. Actually, I asked that question. I was like, should I ask a vegetarian? Vegan is more of a common answer. Meat, so I asked one of the two. I'm the same. Coffee or tea? Uh, I can't choose, but I would say coffee. I need that to survive. <laughs> <laughs> same here. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? None. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Mexican food or Italian food? Oh, that is really hard. Uh, I know. Depends, I'd say. Um, oh fuck! Uh, I th I think I have to go with the Italian then because you always you can always eat a pizza, right? <laughs> there you go. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane. Climb a mountain. <laughs> Country or hip hop. Country. <laughs> if you Actually. were to if you were to spend one day in the world of the last movie or TV show you watched, where would you be, and would you survive? What was the last movie I watched? I watched one yesterday, but I don't even remember because I was sleeping. So I, <laughs> I have to I'm go. the same way. I, leave, I put her on Netflix and I just fall asleep. Fuck yeah. Uh, I actually don't know, but uh, I played video games yesterday. I'm playing a new game called uh, Madison. A pretty fucking creepy horror I should game. have asked that question. It was either the movie or video game. So the last, <laughs> that, the last game I played was um, Elden Ring. And I would. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Here's the thing with Elden Ring. You you play 15 straight hours of that game, you accomplish absolutely nothing. That's how I felt. And I would die <laughs> over and over. So that's my that's my answer. But, but yeah, uh, I, I would not survive because I barely survived here in my bed while I was playing this medicine. I mean, I love horror, but there was so many jump scares. So if this was real life, I would die immediately because I'm old cranny. So. <laughs> All right. Halloween or Christmas? Halloween, for sure. Hell yeah. And my, my birthday is in October. It's perfect. All oh. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, are you are you a Libra? No, wait. No. You're Virgo, because your Virgo. birthday was a couple days ago. My brother's birthday was yesterday, and he was yeah. So, oh, right next to each other though. All right. Yeah. Los Angeles or New York? That's a hard question because I'm really not much of a city girl. I actually prefer the countryside. <laughs> so, um, I think I would go with New York maybe then because I th maybe the weather is a little bit colder there than in Los Angeles yeah, it, is, sun. it is but <laughs> but uh Los Angeles your your allergies will disappear like mine do like it's you can't really hear it but I'm like stuffed up in here when I'm in LA it disappears when I'm on yeah. the east coast it all comes back that's just everyone's bodies are different all right a couple yeah. more would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future oh uh, what come again would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? Then I would go to with the moving things with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know the future. I don't want I don't want to do that. All right. Yeah. Would you okay, if uh do you watch Harry Potter? Do you know Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched them, yeah, in, in the past. <laughs> I was gonna say this this next question is kind of a, a funny one. If Voldemort from Harry Potter offered to give you a hug, would you accept? Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> it changed Tom Riddle's life, right? You never know. Oh. Okay. I mean, uh, always talk a demon. <laughs> there you go. And uh, okay, I love that answer. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Then I would rather talk to animals. Mostly, I, I love animals more than humans. So <laughs> uh, some people, some people tell me, yeah, I can talk to my cats or dogs. So I'll I'll speak every language in the world. That's that's always the funniest answer I always get. But hey, it's I love that answer too. All right, last one. I mm -hmm. like this question. There's a time machine in front of you, Sandy. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you? And what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? <laughs> Fuck, my first concert. I don't even remember that. Oh, I think I have to just go with the with the first one that just pops up in my mind from my past. And I think I would go back to uh, Rammstein then because... You I saw, saw Rammstein? Oh, my yeah, God. I think so. Okay. That would have been in like 2008 or nine or, or some game that that's thing. game over game over. Like out of all the, that's, that's a, that's an, that's, that's impressive as Ramshan is your first concert. That's probably the best answer I've ever so had. That is my first official concert. Do you, do you I'm, uh, I'm really lying to you right now, but that was just the first thing that popped up in my mind because I cannot remember. If you remember, <laughs> well, well, just let me know if you remember, if you, if you do, you, I'm sure you probably remember after we get finished here. My first concert ever was, um, so I'm here in Texas and the band here we all love is Pantera. Right. And the first oh, yeah. concert I ever saw was Dimebag. And it was two months before he got shot on stage back oh, in 2004. Fuck. Crazy. But as far as like the first concert, I'm I'm lucky I got to see him. But that was a, that was a crazy show. It was it was it was damage plan. Then you had bands like Breaking Benjamin, and then the Use, and then Switchfoot, and then Velvet Revolver. Drowning Pool was there. That was oh, I don't God. think uh, it's I mean those festivals like I miss those festivals. It was called Freakers Ball. I I don't know if you're sentimental like me, but I keep like the ticket stub from the shows I go to. I don't know if you keep those. Yeah, I also have a few <laughs> laying around, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I am I must really be guilty there because I really don't remember my very first concert. I, it was probably something my mom or something, whatever dragged me to, uh, but I don't remember that. I But my first concert I, I, I attended on my own was this Rammstein. Uh, and that it was counts. in my hometown back then. And that is huge because I come from a little shithole in Denmark. So uh, that was that, quite... That's... <laughs> That, that is very amazing. And that, that does count as your first concert. Rammstein was just here in San Antonio uh, last weekend, but I was in Chicago. I missed them. Never got to see them live, so hopefully that changes. But uh, Sandy, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Sorry to take up so much of your time, but uh, I know this was a really fun conversation. Yes, um, it was. No, really. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Uh, no, hey, uh, I'll give you a follow on the socials. Let's stay in touch. I'll let you know when this episode drops so you can share with all your fans. It's going to yes. look really cool. I can't wait to, this is going to be heard all around the world. So we're not just on one stream. People are going to know about you guys. And I'm really oh, I'm proud to see that. But uh, do you have any, I don't know, any last words, any shout outs, anything else you'd like to plug in or mention as far as debasing God before we finish things off here and maybe in a music video, I don't know, but whatever you can, I cannot yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I cannot tell much about shows or anything yet because it's mm -hmm. still in the whole planning process. Uh, everything is still a little bit slow after the pandemic, but we are working actually on a new music video at the moment. Uh, I'm yes. in the middle of writing a, a storyboard <laughs> of it. And this one will be even more grotesque than, than the other ones, uh, because I, I really just want to, you know, build more to it. And the more, horrific and the more grotesque the better so uh 
So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But other than that, I just want to say thank you to all of those who support us. I mean, it means the world to me. That is the reason that I can that I actually get the opportunity to get out there. So um, yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for having me here. And uh, take care, and I hope to meet you out there one day. <laughs> we will. We will stay in touch. Here's the thing: you like the grotesque, grotesque stuff. Here, I saw a movie the other day. I recommend you watch it. There's yeah. a movie out there called Men. Have you seen this movie? Mm, no, no, I okay. don't know. I think so. It's it, it's a horror movie, but Jesus, I mean, and, and I mean Jesus, like I mean it. Watching this movie, I've never felt so unsettled in my entire life, and I think I'm a closeted like horror fan. I'm I'm but becoming more appreciative of horror films now. But it was released by A24, and you know A24 releases some great movies. I mean, yeah. you've seen like Annihilation, Hereditary, but exactly, it, and it, I it, love. Them. <laughs> Yeah, those are great movies, but Men, M-E-N, that's what it's called. It Watch that. It is horrific. The Probably the most grotesque thing you'll ever see at the end. People didn't like that movie because of that scene. But mm-hmm. the point, the message it's trying to convey, I feel like, Sandy, everything you were trying to convey on this record, you're going to feel it in this movie because what the and director was trying to say. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's out on, I think it's on, I think it's on Prime. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I, I I bought the movie. I buy movies, so like I have yeah. the actual movie because I loved it. Yeah, but but I I I, I, I recommend I recommend you watch it, and who knows that may spark some kind of new music video for you. You you mentioned grotesque. This yeah. is as grotesque as they come. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so that sounds it, like it, something yeah. for me. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a short movie, but um, it it talks about you know uh the the woman's vision of how what they see in a man. You know mm-hmm. how the men have treated it's it's through it's through one woman's perspective, but it's how she's been treated throughout by men yeah. and the message okay. at the end. It's so crazy. So, uh, but yeah, uh, grab Sorry. grab some wine, grab some friends, watch this movie, see what their reaction is. That's always the best part because they'll be like, "Oh my god, I can't watch this," but it <laughs> but the message is great. Anyway, I like I said, you see what I'm saying? We should do another podcast. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have to. to come back. But uh, everyone, I'm always ready for it. Yeah, we will. Uh, like I said, let's stay in touch on. Instagram. I don't know if you have Instagram, but I'll give you a follow here. Um, yeah. And everyone who's listening, if you could do me and Sandy a favor, buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help. Like I said, I'm old fashioned. I still buy movies and records that's sitting in the corner of my room. Like I even buy cassettes. <laughs> uh, Resurrection of Lilith is out now on Napalm Records. Uh, the Amazing Sandy, Sandy for the Lilith from Defacing God. Uh, this podcast is on all major podcast streams out there, everyone. Check us out on interviewandfire.com. Sandy, again, much love. Uh, stay well. Have a great week. Uh, take thank care you of yourself. So take care of your family. Happy belated birthday again. Thank I you will... so much. It oh, was a pleasure you. talking to you. Yeah, take care. You too. All right. I'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Yes. Bye bye. <laughs>
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.